are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening with all of you guys out there? It's your girl Jana right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports too. And as a matter of fact, we also talk about some other sports too when the right time comes. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of sports and specifically fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes, how they all got started in the game, and of course, where they are now. So yeah, man, today is a great day. Uh, although it's not super sunny outside here in Guelph, Ontario, um, I yeah, it's probably going to be raining. It's kind of uh, overcast right now. But the humidity level, man, is off the roof. But I heard humidity is actually good for your skin. So yeah, there's always some optimism. And, and even like the negative things that you might think are negative in life. So there's your daily slash weekly dose of motivation and words of wisdom from your girl. Anyhow, uh, man, the world of sports is uh, at, at its all-time high right now. Not just talking about fighting. Well, of course, fighting is our passion and what we mainly talk about here on TKO. But I'm talking about other sports, other leagues, as a matter of fact. I'm talking about the NBA, man. And you guys know, ever since the Raptors won the NBA championship, I've, I feel like I've been talking about the Raptors or just basketball in general on almost every episode since the Raptors won. <laughs> Which I know is not everybody's favorite, especially if you are a purist, like an MMA purist or a combat sports purist, and you really just tune into TKO to listen to your breakdowns or what have you. You know, I apologize, but listen, it's it's actually really hot in the, in the world of NBA right now. Specifically, uh, we've been talking about Kawhi Leonard uh, for a few episodes here on the show. And uh, I know you guys have probably heard the news. Uh, it broke out over the last weekend and things are not looking right for the Toronto Raptors, unfortunately, because we were all hoping that Kawhi Leonard was going to re-sign once again with the Toronto Raptors for at least one more year. And that's what everybody else thought. That's what the president of the Raptors thought. That's what all the other players thought. What all the journalists, what all the fans thought, unfortunately, <sighs> Kawhi Leonard is gone and he has gone back to his homeland of California. But yes, he's gone to Los Angeles, but he has not joined the LA Lakers. As a matter of fact, he has joined the LA Clippers which was something that nobody was expecting because even the even the NBA analysts were saying that the Clippers are out the picture because of so many things that they were saying and the fact that there's nobody in that uh, LA Clippers roster, 
Well, at the time, there was nobody that uh, Kawhi Leonard could have potentially teamed up with to, to, to you know, uh, make the team win a lot of games and, and um, you know, potentially get, get to the West Conference Championship. But what happened was Paul George, who is another NBA player. Now, I'm, I'm as, uh, as pro of a NBA fan as you guys are because I'm just, you know, learning my way through this uh, whole basketball thing. And, uh, you know, I've been learning about different players, just reading about their backgrounds and what teams they come from. But from what I know, um, another player in the league, uh, Paul George, who I believe used to play for Oklahoma, he had been tra- he announced that he had been traded over to the L.A. Clippers. And soon right after he announced uh, his move to the L.A. Clippers, Kawhi Leonard finally broke his silence after I think holding his silence for a whole week saying that, yes, he too has decided to join the L.A. Clippers. And uh, a lot of people are saying that this is the best thing that can happen for the team because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they can team up super well. It's going to be great for the L.A. Clippers. But for us here in in Canada and specifically for the fans in Toronto, uh, things are not looking great, man, because soon right after Kawhi Leonard announced his uh, decision of leaving the Raptors, the guy who was traded with them from the San Antonio Spurs, so Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, they were both traded from the San Antonio Spurs to the Toronto Raptors. So soon after uh, Kawhi Leonard announced his decision of going to the LA Clippers, Danny Green, too, announced that he'll be also leaving the Toronto Raptors. He's not going to the Lakers. He's going to another team in Los Angeles, but he's going to the... LA Lakers. Now, let me tell you this. This honestly did break my heart because I thought, okay, sure, Kawhi Leonard, he's the main, he was the main reason why we won that whole East Conference championship and we got to the final because of that famous shot at the end of the fourth quarter. It was very, very important. If it wasn't because of Kawhi's shot, we probably couldn't have made it to the, the final this year. So yes, Kawhi um, holds a very special uh, place in everybody's heart here in Canada. Uh, yeah, when he announced the decision, I'm sure everybody was heartbroken. But listen, it is what it is. This is the game of sports. Ultimately, you have to do what is best for you as an athlete. From what I hear, uh, Kawhi Leonard has been promised to make at max about $144 million for a four-year contract with the LA Clippers, which is a lot uh, because from what I know, again, uh, this past season that Kawhi Leonard had been signed to the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors, he had been paid only $20 million, which is still a lot, but comparing to $144 million for four years, that's crazy. Anyhow, so yeah, it it has been a bit heartbreaking. But for me personally, the heartbreak, the ultimate heartbreak came when Danny Green also announced that he was leaving because Danny Green, he had also been a player that, you know, he's a great player overall. But I feel like specifically after he made the move to, to, to come to the Toronto Raptors, that that was the ultimate move that made him shine as an NBA player. Sure, he had been great when he was playing for the Spurs, but I feel like it was that move that he made to to, to his decision to come to Toronto and play for Toronto. That was his moment. 
when he was playing in the Toronto Raptors, that was when he, we all got to know him better. That was when all the basketball fans got to know him better as a player, as a person. And so, yeah, I was honestly really shocked uh, when he said that he was going to the LA Lakers. But I think, okay, honestly, like I said, I'm not a basketball professional. But from what I can tell you, uh, the LA Lakers is doing something right because they've been sweeping all the best NBA players right now. First of all, they have LeBron James. I mean, they've had him for the past season. Yeah, so we have King James. Who else do we have? Uh, they they pretty much got rid of the players uh, that they thought wouldn't be necessary to win championships with. I'm not gonna name specific names, but yeah, if you if you dig into it, you will know who I'm talking about. So we have King James, and then we have Demarcus Cousins, who used to play for the Warriors. Actually, he he was on the on the Warriors team over this past season, even when they were playing off against the Raptors. But Demarcus Cousins has also been um, traded to the LA Lakers. Most importantly, we have Anthony Davis, who was traded from the New Orleans Pelicans. Right, so he was traded over to the Lakers as well, and also Danny Green too. So, yes, LA Lakers is almost like a super team right now. But the fact that Kawhi Leonard and uh, Paul George made that decision to to go to the LA Clippers, I mean, there's still some rivalry in Los Angeles itself because yes, the the Lakers is looking pretty great with all the big name players on the roster right now. But the Clippers have Kawhi, man. Kawhi, uh, he might not be the most active in, in a single game, but he does the impossible many times in, in, in the most critical moments. Say you have 10 seconds left to the very last quarter, he will do something very, very special. In other words, he rises to the occasion if, if there's a need. Okay, so that is a very good quality to have, especially in the NBA, because games can be super, super tight and super, super close. So the fact that the Clippers have someone like Kawhi on their roster, I feel like it's going to help them a lot. So, yes, Kawhi and Paul George versus the whole L.A. Lakers team. Now, if we can get through this L.A. um, basketball team rivalry, then we can see how things are going to play out between the best team that can come out of L.A., uh, how they're going to play out against other Western teams like the Golden State Warriors. Mm, I don't know, like the Spurs, any other team essentially on the West Coast. Who's going to potentially win the West uh, Western Championship, the Western Conference Championship? But from what I can see right now, I feel like the LA Lakers are really investing in the fact that the players that they have signed so far are going to get them to the championship in the upcoming season. Okay, so that's all the NBA news that we have for this week. Once again, we are really heartbroken that Kawhi has left Toronto and uh, also for Danny Green as well. But at least we have everybody else on the team. Shout out to Kyle Lowry. Of course, he's been loyal to the Raptors for so many years now. We all love him. Um, shout out to Pascal Siakam. He's still in the team. Shout out to Van Vliet. 
all of these people, man, uh, we still have them on our team. So, yes, we, we might have lost some of the best guys on our team, but it's still okay. We have all these other guys who are even better. He could be even better. We still have those phenomenal guys on our team. But, yeah, I guess we just have to wait and see what's going to happen in the future. Um, the NBA Summer League is uh, happening right now. Uh, it's just some fun games that are being played by the NBA teams um, and, and Vegas. It's fun. I've been watching a few of them, you know, just, just randomly watching them. I haven't really been planning on oh, watching this particular game on this particular day. Every time I turn on the TV and that the NBA Summer League is on, I just watch it. It's pretty entertaining because there's not really a lot of pressure on the teams. They just play... Super relaxed, but at the same time, it's, it's still pretty interesting. So if you are interested in that type of stuff, I'll definitely recommend that you watch it. Watch the NBA Summer League uh, games. And uh, yes, okay, I'm going to wrap up the basketball talk right now. And now let's get into our business. Let's get into the fighting business. So I am sure that you guys have been catching up with UFC 239, which uh, took place over this past weekend on Saturday and officially wrapped up International Fight Week. Uh, man, it was stacked with so many great fights taken from the main event, which was the great fight between John Jones and Tiago Santos to the co-main event, which was the fight between Amanda Nunes and Holly Holm. And the third last fight of the evening, which I would say was the people's main event, uh, the great and um, legendary fight between Jorge Masvidal and Ben Askren. And then following that, we had the fight between Luke Rockhold and Jan Blakovich. We had also Michael Chiesa fighting off against the icon Diego Sanchez. So that was our uh, main event, or excuse me, main card for that UFC 239 fight card in Las Vegas. Uh, it was, I would say every fight had its moment. And um, you would have made a big mistake if you skipped a few fights in the in the main card and just wanted to just see what happened in the main event or the co-main event. Because I'm telling you, some of the fights that were not the, the co-main event or the main event were actually the ones that were more exciting. And by that specifically, uh, you know, I'm not trying to keep it vague. I'm actually going to get super specific right now because the fight that I'm talking about, the fight that really caught my attention and I thought was the best bout of that evening was the fight between Jorge Masvidal and Ben Askren. Now, I, I think if you guys if you guys caught up with our last episode last week, uh, you probably can remember how excited I was for that particular bout because first of all, Jorge Masvidal is one of my all-time MMA fighters because of the fact that he's a brawler. Because of the fact that, okay, a lot of people underestimate him whenever he comes into a fight. But that does not stop my man Jorge Masvidal from coming in and um, talking trash to his opponent. And just going in there, not caring about a single thing. Just going in there, try to smash his opponent. That's the type of guy that Jorge Masvidal is. And you got to respect that mentality, man. Because sometimes you just need that in life. Not just in sports, but also in life. Anyways, I digress. So let's talk about this fight because Ben Askren, if you guys know Ben Askren, Ben Askren is a guy, he's a phenomenal fighter overall. But besides that fact, he's also a great wrestler. 
So he used to be the champion at One Championship, which is a MMA organization in, in Asia. And then you could say, quote unquote, he was traded over to the UFC to fight in the UFC because he had been he had been um, having his professional MMA career for the longest time. And a lot of people, a lot of fans were saying, man, how come we're not having Ben Askren in the UFC, especially because of the uh, weight division that Ben Askren usually fights at? talking about like welterweight division middleweight division but mostly welterweight division which is 170 pounds and at the time that ben Askren was at his prime at one championship the welterweight roster in the ufc was was stacked with killers talk about guys like tyron woodley um jorge masvidal himself so many so many other guys um um robbie lawler uh who else uh i can't i can't recall but it was stacked with so many talented and dangerous fighters so a lot of people were saying if ben Askren was in the welterweight division in the ufc at the time he would have defeated probably almost all of those guys but finally the time came ben Askren finally made that move to move on to to the ufc to the welterweight division the first fight that he had in the ufc was against the former welterweight champion at the ufc robbie lawler uh, he got caught with a very uh, nasty shot in that fight against Robbie Lawler, Ben Askren. He went down, but what surprised a lot of fans and a lot of people watching that fight was the fact that he was out. Uh, he was out cold on the canvas, yet his body found a way to, to get working and start grappling with Robbie Lawler while he was on the ground, almost unconscious. And uh, a lot of people are saying that that's, that's the type of I mean, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but that's the type of machine that Ben Askren is, the type of, um, I don't want to say robotic fighter because that, w that might come out the wrong way, but because he's been doing this for such a long time, he's been putting in so much work in training camp. Even when his brain goes out, his body knows what to do. So I hope that makes more sense now. Anyway, so yeah, people saw that and people were saying, even if Ben Askren is potentially knocked out by Jorge Masvidal in this upcoming fight, then he will probably find a way to get back up and the knock, like he's essentially like a zombie. So even if you do try to kill him with the knockout, he will still find a way to come back to life. That's essentially what people were saying about Ben Askren, uh, about, uh, about his upcoming fight against Jorge Masvidal. Now, lo and behold, uh, well, okay. First of all, there was a lot of trash talk leading up to this fight. Uh, ben Askren, that's just the type of fighter he is. He likes to trash talk his opponents. And Jorge Masvidal, too. He's not the type of guy to just sit, sit there and listen and say nothing. So Ben Askren would talk trash to Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal would take it and even talk more trash to Ben Askren. But the type of trash that uh, Ben, uh, the type of trash talk rather that Ben Askren would talk regarding Jorge Masvidal, it was, you know, it was a bit too much. Maybe a lot of people would argue that he would he would have crossed the line when he was doing a bit of his trash talking regarding Jorge Masvidal because he was talking trash about his ethnicity, his manhood, things like that. Which apparently Jorge Masvidal took personal offense to. So when this fight actually took place, uh, apparently Jorge Masvidal had taken all those trash talking personally. And um, he was just thinking about a way to finish Ben Askren once and for all. 
And like I told you guys, even though all of us were thinking that Ben Askren, there's no way that he would get completely knocked out in a fight because he has a really tough chin. And also, his body knows what to do even if he is knocked down on the canvas. That's what we all thought. <laughs> Yet, when the fight started, so the referee says, okay, ready, ready, let's fight. What Jorge Masvidal does is he starts sprinting towards Ben Askren, trying to knee him to the temple, right to the temple at the right spot that if you get hit there, you're, you're out cold, man. You're out cold. And he knew that Ben Askren, because he, his, um, his background is in wrestling. He's a really good wrestler, Ben Askren. So he knew that he was going to stick to his roots and um, just shoot for a takedown right away when the, when the fight first started. He knew that. And Jorge Masvidal knew that. So because of the fact that he predicted that, when the fight started, he came straight with a flying knee because he knew that Ben was going to bend down toward his groin area and that's gonna make things so much easier for you especially if you want to go for a flying knee and that's exactly what happened so jorge went for that knee ben oscar went for that takedown and unfortunately that's just the thing with mma because of the fact that you're allowed to wrestle yes you're allowed to wrestle you're allowed to gr grapple with your opponent you're allowed to kick your opponent you're allowed to strike with your opponent but when all of these things almost clash at the same time that's when you see someone go down because, yeah, so Ben Askren could have easily perhaps even dominated over Jorge Masvidal if Jorge didn't go for that flying knee. He could have, Ben Askren could have easily uh, dominated over him in this fight just by utilizing his wrestling because that's how strong of a wrestler he is. But because of the fact that Jorge found a way to neutralize Ben Askren's wrestling, in the very first round, in a v less than 10 seconds into the very first round, that's why Jorge Masvidal came out victorious in this fight because his flying knee was effective. As a matter of fact, it was so effective that when it landed that very first second of the very first round in this fight, Ben Askren went down and it looked like he was just dried out. That's how rigid he looked when he went went back down on the canvas when he was knocked out by Jorge Masvidal. And yes, it was a bit scary when you when you saw him just lie there so rigid on the canvas. And apparently it took him a, a few minutes, like a good five minutes to get back up to his feet because that's how bad of a knockout it was. That flying knee, man, it, it, it was carrying so much force and course when all that force is going right away to your temple then of course your brain is going to be shook and um, your brain is going to need some time to recover but from what we hear Ben Askren went to the hospital and fortunately nothing horrible had happened uh, no horrible head injuries had happened which is great but man you gotta give props to Jorge Masvidal for that brilliant thought that brilliant prediction you you as a good fighter, you have to have that great intuition. He just sensed that Ben Askren was going to go for that wrestling in the very first moment of the fight, and he knew what to do. He knew what weapon to utilize to neutralize his wrestling. 
and it was just so beautiful to watch. And um, personally, I wish I, I actually recorded my reaction to when the moment that Ben Askren got knocked out by Jorge Masvidal, because I feel like nobody was expecting for it to go down like that. I mean, of course, we've seen guys start the round with a, with something so ridiculous, something like superheroish like that but it would have never been that effective to completely knock out an opponent but this time around it worked and it was just crazy to watch so yes i really wish i i did uh record my reaction and just like put it on youtube get views from it because it was so great and uh honestly i was so excited i jumped up from the couch and i was running around the house because it was just that crazy to me Oh, anyhow, uh, yeah, I really, really wanted to talk about that fight today on the show because it really amused me. And um, man, it, I, I'm just lost for words right now. It, it's just, it was just really good. Anyway, so I want to move on to uh, the main. Actually, yes, let's just briefly talk about the Coleman event, which was the fight, the title fight between Amanda Nunes and Holly Holm. So last week on the show, we we're talking about how Holly Holm is in fantastic shape but we also question the fact that okay even though she's in great shape is that all it's gonna take to defeat a phenomenal mixed martial artist a phenomenal striker someone like amanda nunes and we all saw what happened because what happened was yes although amanda excuse me holly home was in a better shape in that fight Amanda Nunes was the one who was landing the more strikes, the more effective strikes, rather. And it, it worked uh, uh, perfectly for her. She actually head kicked Holly Holm. And Holly Holm couldn't do anything, unfortunately, about it. Because, listen, Holly Holm was there. She, like, it, it almost felt like it, all of her weapons were cocked and just ready to, to, to be fired. But she wouldn't release it. She wouldn't pull the trigger to, to go for the shots. She was just there. She looked so ready to just throw these shots, but she wouldn't throw it for some reason. And I wish she would come out and make a statement about why she fought the way she did. But again, we can't really blame her because Amanda Nunes, she is like... Obviously, she is the greatest women mixed martial artist of all time. There is no doubt about it. She has defeated the person that we thought was invincible. And I'm talking about Chris Cyborg, who fights at 145 pounds. And now she had defeated Holly Holm, too. She's been defending both of her belts at featherweight and bantamweight for so long. She's been dominating both divisions for such a long time. I just can't think of anyone who actually has the ability to defeat Amanda Nunes as of now in women's MMA. And so, yes, you got to give props to Amanda Nunes as well. And it was really, really exciting to watch. But again, shout out to Holly Holm as well because uh, she took the loss like a, like a champion and um, no hard feelings. She just has to go back to the gym and uh, work harder and maybe um, just uh, not saying that her coaches are bad right now because she's fighting. She's training at the best gym, the best MMA gym in America at Jackson Wink. Uh, but I'm just saying maybe she can get help from other coaches because maybe it, it was her coach's fault because the, your coaches can influence you a lot and they can tell you what to do and what not to do. Sometimes, listen, you have all the physical abilities. It's just about how you think about um, um, strategizing 
your moves in a fight and your coaches can definitely help you a lot with that. So maybe she needs to change her coaches, change her camp and whatever, man. Um, I'm sure she has the potential to get better from this loss. And yeah, shout out to both of these ladies. They're strong, strong ladies. Ah, oh, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have time to talk about the main event, which was the fight between John Jones and Tiago Santos. I'm just going to briefly say that I had Tiago Santos win in that fight because Tiago Santos, even though his knee was injured, he was still throwing the more effective strikes, I believe. But for whatever reason, John Jones won through a split decision, but I feel like it should have gone to Tiago Santos. But all in all, man, the day will come that John Jones will meet the better man and will be ultimately defeated. I just have that feeling because John Jones, yes, a lot of people say that he's the greatest of all time, but I'm sure there'll be a guy that will be so much better than him in the future. Um, you know, I just feel like his performance has been very static for the past few fights that he has had. Yes, when he was at this prime, he was great. But right now, I just feel like it's getting really static. And uh, his performance is almost plateauing. And he's just there to, to just win fights and not really dominate over his opponents anymore. But oh well, not trying to talk trash about John Jones because I'm sure a lot of people would give me hate for that. But man, I guess that is enough for today. Unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for this week. You guys already know. Make sure you go to cfru.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. You can also go to SoundCloud and iTunes to catch up with our previous episodes as well. And until next time, it's your girl Jenna right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.